Uh, good evening. Uh, so as Nick said when we started off at dinner tonight, we're going to put the Republicans in one corner and the Democrats in another corner. Maybe we have some tea. Is that what you said, Nick? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, and then we can all emerge in the middle and see the chaos that, that happens. Um, no, so I, um, I don't really want to talk tonight uh, because we, uh, when Nick and I talked about what this might look like, um, I think it's good for us to just get some shape of the general attitude and idea to begin with about what we think about when we think about faith and politics, okay? That just emerges out of our common experience together. And so, um, but I expect this time to kind of be back and forth so I can't entirely control the outcome of what happens here. But I hope that at the very least that you uh, find it engaging and that you have a chance to express and contribute to this conversation uh, about what faith and politics, uh, how, how they relate to one another. And I definitely have a view in mind. Uh, I've been reading the book with Nick and been thinking about this for a little while. Um, but uh, realizing that the Spirit of God moves in this place uh, in ways that sometimes just emerges in other, other realizations and awarenesses. So I hope that happens tonight. So I want to begin, uh, and I, I don't know, I had, were you going to bring a board up here? If not, people can, people can do it right on you. You can do it on your papers too, okay? I just want us to we, have to, we have to acknowledge the common language or the common things that we think about, right? Because you all came here with a set of assumptions about what this might be. And Nick already had to say, hey, it's not going to be about Republican, Democrat, Tea Party, um, socialism, right? Although it is going to be about all that, honestly, on some level. But I want you to, and we can just do it now popcorn style. Um, when, someone, when someone says it's that first question on your handout, the, so not the chart side, but the other side. Uh, I just want this mostly so I can kind of catalog some of the things that are being said here. Um, so, you are practicing politics or you are politically active if. How would you fill in the blank? Okay. Yeah, go for it if you don't mind. Vote. Good one. What else? League of Women Voters. League of Women uh, What does that mean? Okay. So if you're participating in democracy, if you're helping to establish voting rights uh, among women, that's the history of that particular organization. Okay. I like it. All right. Okay, the strain of issues. Like, what kind of issues sound political to you when you say this is a political issue? Immigration. Immigration. Okay, the issues like immigration. What else do you think of when you're... Yes? Income inequality. Income inequality, okay. So when you think practicing politics or you're being politically active, you think of dealing with income inequality. Okay, someone else? I think you're being politically active if you have really strong opinions and feel like you need to share that. With okay, public dialogue or just conversation? I guess more public, but I'm somewhat private too, but... Okay. Okay, willing to share your opinion, opinions. Okay, you were going to say something. Oh, I just, I just think of people like uh, protesting and being protests for civil disobedience. Okay, protests for civil disobedience. Okay, political active. You're being politically active. If sometimes being politically active sounds a little more edgy for some people. Anyone else? Keep going. There's more here. Staying up on the news from many sources. Okay, staying up on the news, getting a diversity of of, of sources from the news. 
That means you're, you're, you're hearing the public, what's happening out in the, in the public world, okay? What? Contributing money. Contributing money to a political party or something. Becoming a politician and or supporting a politician, right? Anything else? Writing letters to politicians. Politi emailing politicians. Keep going. I want to keep, I want to, yes. Doing voter registration. Voter registration, okay. Being aware. Being aware. Aware of the, of the, what the politicians have. Okay, being aware of what the politicians are saying, being ed educating yourself as to what, the, what it is. Someone's have a different something else you want to say maybe. So someone's saying to you, oh, "That's political activity," or "You're being political," or um, I, "I see myself as a politically active person." When you say that, anyone else? Dig a little deeper. Take it to the next. Yes. Sometimes, uh, in, with private conversations, when we have conversation about values. Okay. Okay, certain values are seem to be politically laden, yeah. uh, uh, and and what those values are might depend on what group you're a part of, right? Um, so yes. This is unrelated to the last point, but I've heard people um, voting with their dollars, so like um, not okay. supporting a, a political candidate, but buying certain products or su supporting certain banks, putting their money in like just local banks or just black banks, and that's their way of being politically. Uh, okay. Where you spend your money, how you, <clears throat> how you invest your money, um, the organizations you support. Um, some of that might even edge into things like volunteering somewhere or volunteerism or something like that. All right, I mean, this is a good start. I think uh, this is really, um, we could go on probably another hour and I think even other aspects of this would unfold. But now I wanna uh, bring us back to the question, the, the way I wanna frame the question tonight is, um, how do we as Christians engage in politics, which is just another little twist on being politically active, right? How do we as Christians gain, uh, uh, engage in politics, which is right here on your paper? And then another way of putting it is, what is the church's approach to bringing about social change that matches our identity and our calling, okay? So our emphasis here on how do we as Christians uh, engage in politics, and how do we as church see and participate in social change? Because I, I assume that really generates a lot of the, is going to generate a lot of the conversation we're going to have for the rest of the night. Um, so before, I think it is good to set up a definition of politics, and I think in some ways the examples that you gave of political practices uh, are helpful. Um, but a lot of times, and that, this can almost be the first um, column on that chart on the other page when we get to it. But a lot of times we really do reduce politics to partisan politics, right? To, to elections, to this particular kind of venue that we say, like no one said being political is being a, is being a post, uh, working for the post office, right? Uh, or or um, being a garbage person offering that civil service to society. No one said education is being political, forming our young people. Uh, so, in some ways, we tend to really, right away, the first level of conversation, especially in an election year, right, is to go straight to that, that line of thinking. So, let's assume, let's, let's give ourselves a different definition. Um, 
that by politics we mean concrete social arrangements of people. So when we get together as a group of people, all of the things that we do uh, that are concrete social arrangements, um, the way we organize ourselves as communities, which is really, this is really the historic definition of politics, a polis, right? is a group of people and how they organize themselves and how they live their lives and how they arrange their relationships and how they meet the needs of one another in that particular community. Um, and it's the reproduction of a vision of community. So you have this vision out here and you want to somehow embody that vision as a group of people. That's really the kind of larger and broader and I think more authentic view of what politics is that we often get away from when we go down the partisan politics line, right? So that's the working definition we're going to have for tonight. Thinking about the rest of the things we talk about or whatever emerges out of this conversation as uh, how we as people arrange ourselves concretely, socially in our interactions, the values that come with that and all of the things that you said, but how it relates to groups. And it doesn't necessarily have to imply a certain size of groups. We tend to think of politics as being large scale right? National politics. We're thinking about national elections. But politics really just means a gathering of people that contribute all of these human needs and interactions to one another on multiple scales, okay? That makes you a political person, a social person. Um, so I think that might be a little helpful. So let's, let's work through a chart, this chart together a little bit. Uh, we're kind of spilling, I got one here that's... Um, Mine has, mine has a little th different things filled in, so. So you've already kind of said it, and it's a, let's, uh, let's just remind ourselves, if, if we're into partisan politics or the electoral process, we divide ourselves along the lines of Democrat, Republican, you know, the Green Party, the Tea Party, Independence, whatever, Socialist, right? And we start to frame ourselves, we start to line ourselves up along those, um, those groups. What are some of the practices that go with those groups? We've actually already listed. Uh, what are some of the practices that go to that form of politic that are really distinctive to it? Now, we've named a few here already. I would say votes is the obvious one. I'm going to skip political issues for a minute. Um, are there other ones that may stand out? We don't need to spend a long time on it, but protests. protests. Maybe protests. Yes, we've seen a lot of that this year in particular, more than, more than normal in the process. Um, I have also some, well, someone mentioned running for office. Kevin was saying that. Being a, being a politician might fit into that. Being a good citizen. So for the rest of us who aren't politicians, our obligation is to be a good citizen, uh, which includes voting, but maybe other things like pay your taxes, right? This kind of fits into the, the strictly partisan politics strain. Um, focusing on things like legislation, changing laws, these kinds of things. Um, now imagine there's this second column that in some ways if we had two circles up here they would overlap but in some ways they're a little different and this is probably the old term but I labeled it cultural wars right and it's more about those values that Jody brought up and other people have mentioned um, how do we line ourselves up along the lines of our values what are some of the labels that we give for that if we talk about things like immigration uh, family, education, war, um, working with the homeless. Uh, what, what, how do we tend to line ourselves up? Like liberal, okay, liberals and conservatives. 
right? Uh, what else? What else are some of the labels that we give those groups? Moderate, progressive. Moderate, progressive. Left, right. Left, right, absolutely. Red, blue, purple. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. Fundamentalist, right? I don't know that people use that label about themselves, but um, libertarian, anarchist. Um, so we have this way, and these labels are political. We see them, they overlap with some of the um, partisan stuff, but they tend to express a lot more about our values, right? Uh, and if you were to make a chart and have all of, those value, all of those groups lined up, you would begin to kind of parse out which values are the most important to them and where they land on those values, right? So, I mean, here are really the two dominant ways that often, I think, at least in the initial conversations we have, we start talking about politics. Um, how is that much different uh, than the way we as Christians talk about ourselves, I wonder. What do you think about that question? Hey, why don't you talk to your neighbor about that for a minute? It's, a, it's an interesting question, and maybe you have some thoughts that you're, you just turn to your neighbor and say, how, would, how is it much different than we as Christians tend to talk about ourselves as groups of people? Yeah. Get a pen. Uh, it was Josh's birthday a couple weeks ago, and we emailed each other, but I hadn't talked to him personally about it. You, for three years? No, yes you have, Gary. I know better than that. You don't think so? Okay, let's, let's hear what some of you had to say about that. How, how does this differ, this kind of arrangement, differ than the ways that we as Christians tend to posture ourselves in our, own, in our churches or in our conversations or wherever we encounter one another? What do you think? David. Okay. 
So you're, you're saying, Dave, that, you, that when Christians, they are different, people are different. We do kind of line up this way, but we just have grace toward each other. Okay. So in your experience, Christians do line up along these lines pretty, pretty okay? Okay, thank you. Someone else want to, what did you talk about? We were talking about how it seemed like, uh, well, one, like it seemed like we, we use all the same terms. Uh, uh-huh. So you could swap out, like, this person's a conservative Republican or a moderate Republican or a progressive Democrat or whatever, and you could do that exact same thing but for Christian. In, in in the place of that, and it would it would it would mean the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we uh, but then that's interesting because in the New Testament, like a lot of that language is very similar. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of language is borrowed from the political scene of that day. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty interesting thing that it, it seems like we're like even at the beginning. Uh, we were identifying, Christians were identifying using the political language of the day. Okay. Rather than uh, setting out and forming their own. They, they may be changing the, the meaning and subverting the meaning, but it's a lot of the same language as being used. Can you give an example of what you're, what you're referring to? Well, it's like, you know, what you, David you have, like, uh, you, you have uh, Jesus is Lord when it's supposed to be Caesar is Lord. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're having a declaration of power hmm. given to Jesus rather than to Caesar mm-hmm. or to Rome. And, and they're directly borrowing that language. Okay. So there is a case in which we have good precedence for thinking about you, the way we use public language for private faith and the way those intersect. But there d- doesn't seem to have been uh, a tension between those things. Or maybe that created some tension, but it, they were willing to embrace it, the early church. Okay. And it's interesting that we could almost go along denominational lines and say, well, this denominational tradition, maybe more modern tradition, I don't know, is divided along similar lines as some of these descriptors or indicators that we've given here too, right? Like, so you might have denominations that have split or divided or even become seen as their identities identified with some of these, uh, these columns, right? I don't know if that's what you were getting at, Bill, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's important that you know your own tradition and that you are biblically and theologically literate so that mm-hmm. when it comes to immigration issues, when it comes to abortion, when it comes to uh, economic justice, uh, you know what your tradition has led you to believe and say about those things. Mm-hmm. You're not just picking up wild stuff out of the culture. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. And I was just gonna say as far as historical discourse, uh religious back and forth have to do with who owns the property. 
Okay. Anyone else? These are really good. Yeah. I just Garrett. Interesting. Okay, so there's two dom- couple dominant streams in politics, whereas Christianity is a little more scattered and diverse in that but sense. Yeah. yeah. Now, part of your two comments. Uh, one, I didn't really think about the angle I was taking it, but uh, it's interesting to say, okay, if we have that foundation in, in, a, in, in our, our biblical texts and in our tradition, yet something like immigration is kind of one of those issues where um, there's not a direct address about immigration, but there's some great theology that people could tap into and we could see how we might, uh, that might be a really challenging conversation even for Christians, right? Something like immigration, because it's uh, maybe... Uh, a little different than I would say war and nonviolence in particular, uh, or wealth that the scripture talks about a lot, right? Um, so uh, I think my general experience is that as Christians, as, a, as bodies of Christians, we tend to line up along these lines pretty quickly. Uh, even in some cases, our denominations have fallen out that way, really. Uh, the Presbyterian Church is, is one example that I'm familiar with that is, is, an, is an example of that. That we kind of, it feels like sometimes we've fallen out along the lines of the way the political discourse happens around us, these two dominant ways. Now, if we were to merge these cultural wars and the political uh, electoral politics together, like they overlap in a lot of ways, but here's the difference that I think becomes important. And we're going to, mer- what time are we doing the time? Okay. So uh, we'll move a little quickly then. So I'm, I'm going to suggest that in some ways, liberal Christians, progressive Christians, conservative Christians, fundamentalist Christians actually share a few more things in common than we do separate. Um, and we can look at that column there on that, the, the third column. And that is, in some ways, we are all guilty of, wherever we've postured ourselves at this point in our faith journey, we're all guilty in some ways of kind of embracing this idea that there's, there's private religion and public faith. Okay, uh, and I'm just going to kind of more read through these uh, to help us. Um, so religion sets private values, ideals. That's what religion plays in our society, according to the way I think politics has emerged. So the religion can set the values and the ideals. It can offer us the worldview, and politics are the ways that we, uh, the means to which we move through uh, these values and ideals, and have to make sometimes pragmatic compromises. Okay, so. That keeps religion in this one sphere of 
undergirding us with certain values and ideas, whether they're broad like justice and love and uh, community. Uh, and those can somehow um, can speak into our politics, which is a whole other realm, which oftentimes we tend to keep separated. This public-private dichotomy, which I'm sure all of you have thought about on some level or another. Um, so then when we get into the public world, we have to try to find some kind of moral consensus with the rest of society. We do have to figure out how to translate some of our values into ways that um, communicate in a very pluralistic society, in a very diverse world. And there's something really great about that, but there's something that we have to kind of leave in the private world to get to that, right? Uh, at least we think. That's the, way, that's the way I think this dominant model is set up. Um, and then we can hope we can find this common activity or neutral way of either talking about it or doing things that we can all engage in. Now in this model, uh, statecraft is the ideal about how human communities ought to be organized. So when we talk about politics, we always think about the state or civic politics. Now those are two different levels of politics, but when we talk about that's what we think about. The church is here, our faith is here, and this is faith in politics that happens here. That is the body politic out there somewhere. Um, so when we look at the world that way, practices or the ways that we engage in the world really look about all these things we've listed, right? It's, it's about doing all of these things just like everyone else does them out in the world. We carry our values that we've learned from our churches and our families and our communities of faith, and we carry them with us to influence us in the ways that we do all of these things with everybody else. Um, I'm not setting this up as like the fall guy, all right? But I, I think that what's interesting about that is the same is true for the liberal as it is for the conservative, the fundamentalist as it is for uh, the anarchist, okay? Um, maybe not the anarchist in some degrees, but uh, uh, the full spectrum of people really depend a lot on this division of private and public world, okay? And then, and what matches that a little bit is that politics is my individual also, my individual set of commitments to something. Uh, and, my, um, and I take that individual commitment out into the world and practice it personally. Okay, that's the other piece I want to emphasize. So let's move, uh, just for time's sake, into the, uh, what we'll call an emergent tradition. Um, it's not my language, but I think um, it's something that's coming about. I think it's something that we want to talk about here that you want to talk about as a community and that you've already started talking about. And I want to suggest, uh, add a little bit more to the conversation here. Um, what if we said we as the church are a politic? Uh, and that, that seems, I don't know, how does that sound to you, but envision the church as a concrete public political space of its own right. Not Religion and church is private, and then we move out into the public realm after we gain certain values. Someone respond to that. If the church were seen as a concrete political space in its own right. I need to expand on a little bit more. Does someone want to respond before I do? Yeah, Alan. influences us and ought to influence us 
images of like ISIS or like mm -hmm. uh, you know like these or having a caliphate or some of these images that are current for us. Or even Christian versions of that throughout history. Yeah, yeah. So right? No, uh, no, it's good. It's good. Yeah, so, so there is, that language does have with it a story uh, in the old way that makes us nervous. In fact, part of the history of the existence of the state, as, one, as some people tell the narrative, is that we needed neutral objective states because religions couldn't get along, because Christian, Christianity in particular couldn't get along with itself, right? That's some people's interpretation of the Reformation, that various Christian groups were fighting each other and fighting against each other, and so the state created this more neutral space. Okay, So yeah, that's something we want to work. Anyone else want to respond? Or maybe for time's sake, I'll just keep going through here so that I can highlight a few points. Um, but if you think about this, in some sense, uh, it matches our sense that the church is Catholic or universal or global. The church is a global community of people that locally meets multiple occasions in a week, right? I mean, the one thing unique about the church that you can't experience is someone from France or someone from England or someone from um, uh, Kazakhstan is that there are Christians in every one of those nation states that are connected to one another in a very special way outside of a national boundary or a border, right? Um, I think that highlights the fact that we are this political body, even though a political body without a border, which is the, some of the ways that we sometimes tend to limit, limit our, our political identities. Okay? So keep that piece in mind. Um, let me look through my list here. So to say that the church is a politic is to say... Um, that the church is recognized as an exemplary form of human community that has a certain set of values and has a certain set of practices, and that's what I want to end with here because I think that's probably all we have time for. Um, and how can we learn to see our, our values as shaping our own practices and as making us a political group as well, okay? So, or to, to kind of fill in that claim that... that uh, uh, needs to be filled in to say that the church is a concrete public political space in its own right. So, um, so let's talk a little bit about if that were true, what would Christian practices look like that help to show us uh, what that kind of claim might, um, how, how to fill out that kind of a claim. What are some of the Christian practices that you think help you to see Christians as a social, concrete body of people that, according to our definition of uh, politics, uh, it works together as a human community to meet all the needs that, that we as humans need? Okay. So you've got the public dialogue. You've got food and the sharing of food, a, a human resource. You've got the social dimension of that. Okay? Good. What else? I, I think that's a great example. And getting at things like outreach and community or working on social justice issues, educating the people in the 
Okay, I mean, stick with your education piece. We could almost make a list of, of things that we identify with human communities, like education, and we can say, what does the Christian form of education look like? Besides like saying Christian schools, right? Give an example, take that a little further, Marsha. What is like a, I think that's a great example. So what do we do in churches to educate people? Mm -hmm. Okay, we do, and, and we, we do that, and we do uh, the other kind of education, too, that starts, so in some ways, mature education, where we're, we're engaging on, with this common set of values, and we're wrestling with those values together, and through our interaction, and through our study, and through our conversation, we are nurturing one another's worldview, right? But then there's also the nurture of our children, when I think about coming here on Sunday morning, and all of those things. We start from a young age, and we begin to tell them the stories, and then we begin to uh, they embody those stories in, in worship, on, uh, in liturgy, and singing, and participation, right? That's just what we do when we take our kids to kindergarten and first grade, etc. What else? Someone else have another example? These are great. Okay. So we have a certain attitudes toward death and dying, towards sickness and illness, participating and supporting one another uh, at, at various levels, right? What else? Okay, and the smallness doesn't make it any less political, right? You're still helping that group of people, supporting that group of people, interacting with one another. That's a really uh, good example. Uh, let me think, I've, I wrote down another way to say this too. So we have the church's vision and values, like we had here in the cultural wars, right? And they are mirrored in church practices. Um, and maybe we don't want to make too big of a distinction on pragmatic terms, but um, let me ask you, uh, no one's mentioned church government, right? We have ways of making decisions, of dealing with arguments and disagreements, of planning finances, of, um, of, organ of uh, organizing ourselves, of, of even disciplining one another, right? Uh, or dealing with conflict, reconciliation and forgiveness. We have these things, we may differ among Christians about what it looks like and what dimensions, but we have those practices, we have those set of practices, that would be one. Um, no one here has mentioned um, some of our more liturgical practices, like, um, well, like, well, I guess you did in a sense. You talked about eating, sharing table fellowship. Uh, and one of, one of my favorite stories uh, of the early church is the Eucharist is being celebrated, and Paul sees very clearly that when the Eucharist is being celebrated, you've got some wealthy people who come with really nice food, and you have some of the other people in the community that don't have enough to eat and they're all in this they're all a part of the same identity but socially they have of uh, um, they're not practicing a Christian politic right because these people who don't have enough food are, are hungry literally hungry not just spiritually hungry um, and the other folks are kind of leaning on their wealth and this 
seems antithetical to Paul, especially when we think about how in the Gospels Jesus talks so much about wealth and poverty, doesn't he? Um, so that would be, uh, and that is something that's a part of the history of our Eucharistic practice that we don't really think about a whole lot when we practice the form of Eucharist or communion or Lord's Supper that we do in churches that's very symbolic for some of us, right? Um, let me give one more. Uh, How about our economics? What are forms of economics, um, that, uh, economic practices that the church embodies and that's, that uh, is informed by our values and that we practice? I, actually, Marsha already mentioned one, going out and helping, giving of our time uh, to, to people in various situations. Okay. Okay, so uh, using our finances to, to go out and to engage um, around us, needs around us. And for the early church, that also included sharing all things in common within. When that diversity was a reality within the church, then it was very natural to say, people here need help. We need to, uh, our, our money is not our own. Our resources are not our own. Uh, our our uh, material wealth is not our own. Our gifts are not our own. We have to share them. That's a very political act, right? That we do. The Mormons are really good at this. I don't know if you know anything about their social structure, but they care for their people in a really, uh, it's pretty structured and institutional way, but they know when people are in need and they see a long-term commitment uh, to, to, uh, to social investment in their, in their folks. Um, okay. I probably still haven't satisfied some of you in this sense, and I think it's because I want you to wrestle with it. I don't think it's that far removed from what I'm assuming David May taught you if you heard some of that, this sense that the church has its own vision and values and it practices it among itself and as such it is a, it is a political community with a social agenda and it, it shows that it embodies that in, in itself and that's why some of the, the, um, the images for what the church is are, are, are things like diaspora or resident aliens or um, uh, kind of like an alternative society, right? These are some of the images that come out of the gospel. There are other images as well, but these are some of, of the dominant ones of Jesus' ministry, that we have this group of people that look distinct. And by practicing this, they, they change the world, but they change the world in one way by modeling it, by practicing it among themselves. That's one of the dominant ways. It's not the only way they change the world, but it's one of the ways they, they change the world. So I wonder if there's any response at this point before I kind of try to wrap up some of my thoughts. What do people think about this? Have I not said enough, Kevin? Have I said a little more? Yes. A little more? Do you want to, any thoughts? I just think if the church really considers itself a political entity or just a, a, polit a body politic, that maybe we um, are easy to talk about what we just said about what you're doing. I, you know, can kind of wash its hands of things we disagree with. I, I go ahead, Nick. And, and I would say, like, to the, the one thing that 
excites me about the Christian community is that we can finally, I like any chance I have to like kind of break out of the nationalism of really any country that, that we may find ourselves in. And the beautiful thing is like with things like the Eucharist that was mentioned or a common purpose by living locally, but we're all kind of still connected because we're a part of the, the global body of Christ. Like at that point, it can dramatically change how we respond to a bunch of different events that happens within our country, right? So like September 11th happened, and uh, if we have an understanding that there are Christians in every nation state, like how does that change our response mm -hmm. at that point? And then we are to be a people of forgiveness and of reconciliation. Uh, how does that change our response to tragedy yeah. as a group of believers, right? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. it has different implications than if we just draw our borders at, you know, uh, like in the U.S. Like mm -hmm. it ends there, we have our walls built, and now we have an enemy that we can go towards. Like mm -hmm. it, it blows out of the water for us, and we have to really wrestle with it mm -hmm. as, as Christians in that way. And I think that's one of the dynamics of this way of think, this way that I'm encouraging you to think about it is we don't really know what this church would look like. Let's assume it's not um, the crusades of the past or you know some of the concerns we would have about the language of the church being its own politic. But uh, we don't know what that might look like to begin to take ourselves more seriously as a political body in the things that we do. Uh, one of the ideas, that, one of the things, because we're very pragmatic. One of the things we could talk about is worship. Going and singing to God and um, hearing the word proclaimed and the real liturgical dimensions of worship, uh, we often, because they don't have that natural pra uh, practical connection, we don't think of those things as politics. But part of like what you've learned from Dr. Mays and what Nick was saying earlier, that uh, early Christians were very aware that their worship was a deep, political statement to say that Jesus Christ is Lord is something that is not just a private confession of faith. It's a communal commitment that has public implications. Now we, I think we also have to get away from this idea that everything that we're talking about has this kind of one-to-one -one correspondence between a value and um, like a pragmatic kind of connection, right? And that also, I think, would help us to start thinking more deeply about what it means to see that the church's vision and values can be mirrored in our practices, and that's, that will make us be more committed to what it means to be a political body, to see ourselves as a political body. Because I think with all this stuff going on, it's very hard for us to see ourselves in that space anymore. We line up pretty quickly. I line up pretty quickly on some of these issues. And I find myself looking a lot like a certain category. Uh, um, what would it look like for me to take the church more seriously as its own political body? So I want to conclude with these last, actually is what I was going to start with, but, I, but it just didn't go that way, right? Um, on the, back, back on the other page, maybe this will help summarize some of the things I've been trying to say uh, and that you might continue to hear uh, even over the next week when Dr. Hartsfield comes, who's a, who will be phenomenal. Um, so when you're thinking about this question, I think if you keep these statements in mind, it might help this conversation, okay? How do we engage in politics in a way in, that embodies our proclamation, Jesus Christ is Lord, okay? So we ought to see ourselves as the church as a, as a real concrete political body uh, because of our proclamation. 
And how does that affect then the way that we engage in the politics that is happening around us? Okay. Number two, or is the second bullet? Um, I think one thing unique, and actually I don't think this is unique to Christianity. I think this is unique to, to various religions, uh, to the dimensions of various religions that take themselves seriously. Okay, when you are practicing a certain faith and you take yourself seriously, you recognize that the means have to match the ends. Okay, and that's different than that other political model, those first three columns. In those three columns, you might have certain sets of values, but you don't think you can get there except for these other means, right? Uh, you can't get to security of people without war, for example, without taking the life of other people. Uh, for a Christian, the means and the ends have to correlate in, in a significant way because the vision and the practices go together. Okay? Um, the third dot. This is one of the hardest ones. When you start talking about being a political person, when you ta start talking about, uh, well, we do this this way, start thinking of yourself as speaking for the church and not as an American or of a particular nation state. Okay? I think it begins to help flip your thinking around. So, um, assume that you mean by we, the body of Christ. And how will that begin to reshape some of your own understanding of being a part of a, a political body? And the last one is that the we also implies there's a plural thing going on here. And if you go back to the first couple columns, what brings all those together is religion is a private, personal thing, and politics is a public, social thing, Right? Here I'm saying that the church as a politic is committed to a, a vision of politic that requires all of us to somehow see ourselves as a we, as a community, uh, as a society together working towards some common goal rather than my private faith convictions, my personal beliefs. Right? So it's a communal commitment from the very beginning. So I, maybe those will help to kind of iron out some of that. But I. I'm excited about the journey that you're on and uh, continue to uh, look forward to hearing about how you guys uh, are exploring this topic. Thanks. Mm -hmm.